from Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swalwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, and Ted. Right across the Northeast, the red platoon and the cat. Oh yeah, boys, we're right. Yes. We are right. Oh. of silence. What bliss! Absolutely. This is going to be the classiest show we've done. <laughs> oh, you can't! I will defend him to the hills. It's, yeah. We're going to have we're going to have nice cups of tea. I might have a scone. Do you want a scone, lads? Should we have a yes. scone? Some meditation Just, music, please. A sip of yes. scone. <laughs> no, there's there's a fantastic uh, proper British cafe in the the next village over from me, where I can still, if I want, if I want, to get like me fix of steak and kidney pies and all that sort of if thing. So it's I uh, want. It's the uh, the title of a song, that mate. Is it? Midjua. Well, no. I mean, it sounded like it. Okay. I was once told Stop. I looked like Midjua. That's an interesting fact. Oh, well, that's better than me. <laughs> I was once fact. told I was once told I looked like John Parrott, and I didn't know how to take that one. So, so Dave, no. you had a day off yesterday, uh, but what was your thoughts on uh, the new game show that's replaced What the Fact? Uh, liked it, yeah, liked it. Uh, caused me a few <laughs> nervous and anxious moments. Um, had me. Did you have a Some get, of the terminology needs to be replaced. Indeed, indeed. But, you know... <laughs> One second of audio of somebody that we don't really hear a lot of. Well done, mate. Yeah, loved it. Yeah. Continues the theme of bamboozling everybody and giving nobody a chance. Yeah, uh, Excuse me, did. Jack C actually got it. Jack C. <coughs> so there we go. Some, well, I got some, it. Yeah, Jack. I got it. I've got to be honest, I got it, but only after you told us the answer. <laughs> it did sound more like Steve, though. It was weird. Uh, that was actually quite it spooky, did, yeah. that. How funny was that? So, Definitely sounding like me. Uh, I love the yeah, fact that I'm just going to say fair play to Rai. Uh, he, he's not on today. He is moving house. Oh yes. So he, yes, he did is. send us yesterday his topics because it was his turn, um, and he started with these op- this opening line which killed me. <laughs> uh, topics. Rai isn't here, and we feel a bit sad that the one who carries us old blokes won't be here to help when we have to stop standing at uh, preview weekend games. So. Yeah, even even in his Lovely. absence, he's still blowing his own trumpet, lads. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was my gig, but yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's he's never shy in coming forward, is he, our ride? But yeah, and I then, hope the move does go well for him. It's uh, it, yeah. And then threw me a googly by you. saying, "I don't have time to write the Middlesbrough headlines." Oh, this yeah. morning, you... told me this morning, it's as bad as at, um, young Tedley who throws a, a piece of music at me. I mean, what time do you think I get out of bed on a morning to come here? And which what? prison is he moving to, lads? Really, I mean, we got it all wrong. We sent all those prisoners over to Australia, where the weather's beautiful and you've got those cute koala bears and all that sort of carrying beautiful Neighbours. beaches. Neighbours. <laughs> I don't think that was there about 230 years ago, like Steve. Oh, no, they've always had neighbours, Ted. Uh, that's true. Well, yes, yeah. yeah. They, they oh, tend to be the world's the most sense. deadliest snakes, most deadliest spiders, and most <laughs> deadliest sharks. Yeah. But we we we've got the same here. We've we've got spiders, snakes, all that sort of thing in Cyprus. They're just uh, they're just a bit more lazy here, I think, and, and stay out the way. I've seen actual proper tarantulas kicking about over tarantulas. Here. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's it's regular. My mate, Geordie Charlie, who you've seen you've, you, you, when we did the uh, the the Derby show. Um, Jody Charlie has occasionally fished a few out of his swimming pool. Wow. There you go. 
There you go. It's like, it's like a Richard Attenborough programme already. See how classy we are. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying it's because Rai's not here, but it's because Rai's not here. But well, there's plenty to talk about, uh, thanks to Rai. Um, we, 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 could have, we could have done it, Rai, but thank you for sending this in. Borough away to Millwall, of course. Sunderland away to Ipswich. Newcastle at home to Manchester City. The three games that the North East teams uh, face this weekend. Uh, it was an interesting topic you suggested about the, uh, the transfer window, of course. Uh, Middlesbrough have bought two new players in the window. He wants to know who we think... Uh, will be the first northeastern team from Sunderland and Newcastle to, to bring in a player. Uh, I, one would envisage it probably won't be Newcastle after we uh, listen to Darren Eels. I was going to say it probably can, won't uh, be Sunderland, <laughs> <laughs> which we can chuck into the uh, chuck into the mix. I'm sure. Uh, you also asked the question: Is Job struggling with the success of his older brother Jude? His recent form mm-hmm. and constant look of being burnt out and tired have been noticeable, and fans are calling for him to be rested. Is it harder for a player when siblings or even their dads are successful players? Uh, Sancho, um, it is. Aye. Sancho is back at Dortmund on loan. Uh, looks like there's no option to buy. Uh, a lot of his salary is still going to be paid by Manchester United. Uh, Rife feels that uh, the logic would say that he'll attempt to pick up his career at Manchester United if Ten Hag gets the boot in the summer. Obviously, with the uh, the new ownership, um, you know, finding its feet and moving its way into the uh, the club the new uh, uh, 25% shareholder so Jim Ratcliffe will will things change and will Sancho be able to resurrect his career uh, Eric Dyer uh, another big shock yesterday uh, main main yeah. story on uh, main story on uh, Sky Sports news this morning uh, sign of a Bayern Munich um, but can't get a game for Spurs strange uh, are Bayern trying to give Kane uh, a, a mate to uh, to knock around with in Germany? And uh, footballers want security in stadiums to be improved and tougher sanctions to deter physical and verbal abuse from fans. This comes from FIFA Pro. The Global Players Union has produced a 28-page report after surveying 41 national unions. What can be done in England? Good question, that. And pretty grim scenes last night as the majority of the crowd in Saudi Arabia refused to hold a minute's silence for the passing of football icon Franz Beckenbauer. Is it right uh, for fans not to respect the passing of a legend another interesting debate that I've often thought uh, as you know legends pass over um, you know we, we mm. do do the you know we, we tend to do a minute's applause now in the UK rather than a minute's silence because people just don't get uh, you know what, what 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 people are trying to achieve with a minute's silence so uh, people feel an applause is more appropriate but I yep. have seen occasions where people are booing or people are talking through it it does happen uh, what people thoughts out there but lots to talk about this morning Ted mate lots to talk about absolutely yeah I mean the, the first one I guess the, the preview of the weekend games on paper there's only Borough possibly going to come away with anything really isn't it because I mean Borough's away at Millwall um, a, a tough fixture I mean let's face it the den is not a nice place to go um, but you would think I mean buoyed by the result against Chelsea a good spirited performance against Aston Villa You'd actually fancy Borough to come away with all three points, even with that decimated squad that they've got, albeit they're going to have Finn Azaz and uh, Luke Ayling available, I believe, for that one, Dave. Um, and Lewis O'Brien's I, I, back I from injury as well, so, yeah. But, but they did, so, yeah, but they did little, lose two against Chelsea, so three come in, uh, two go out, you know, it's, it's still a, an injury crisis. Yeah, trying to balance the books a little bit there, but surely even with that, though... It, 
you know, the form that the, the team's in at the minute. Carrick's got them well organised. I do want to make a point about Michael Carrick as well because there was a there was a great point made in the media yesterday. I, I just It was a little quote on social media about Michael Carrick as everything that the media wanted Stephen Gerrard and Frank Lampard to be. I think that is an absolute worldy of a comment because I think Carrick is the only one at this moment in time who's coming out with any credibility out of that former England midfield, if you can call it that. But he's got, he's got them well organised. We'll come back to that in a little bit. Yeah, I can only see a Borough win. What about you, Dave? Uh, it's never a nice place to be. I've been I've been there so many times, the old place and the new place, and mm-hmm. um, it's just hostile, it's nasty, it's aggressive. aggressive. Have we seen in the last week, you know, Millwall fans getting done for uh, obscene gestures, uh, mocking the dead, all that kind of, That all goes on uh, down at the yeah. den. I just, I, it, it's, I think, I, I mean, I describe it in the headlines, which we'll get into shortly, as the club that everybody like, uh, loves to hate. Um, and quite rightly so, you know. The, the, of course, mm-hmm. it's a bit like Leeds fans. They they stand there singing, you know, everybody hates us and we don't care, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's just they brought it upon themselves as a an image and uh, and just a, a general negative feel about the t- uh, the team. But I've been there a few times and seen success. The borough, you're right. Everybody, everybody outside of Middlesbrough colours will look at this and think, oh, look at the way they played against Villa. Look at the way they did Chelsea. They've got to go down there and get three points. But it's the borough you're talking about, lads. We are the absolute masters of of grabbing defeat from the jaws of success. That's that's what being a borough fan is. And I'm sure, Ted, you'll snigger because I'm sure you'll have the same feelings about Sunderland. And, and Steve Pryor, a PIF coming in and Sense coming to St James's Park. Yeah. I'm sure you'd have thought the same about Newcastle as well. You know, that is part of being dragged Stockholm up as a syndrome. borough fan. It, yeah, well, yeah. You know, do we deserve to, to 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 start winning all these games and all that sort of stuff? But uh, look, I'd love to see the borough come back with something. It's certainly within their capability to come back with something, but I'm just concerned about the legs on some of those players because they're playing. You know, this is not an injury crisis of recent making. This is an injury crisis that has been going on since deep into last year. Um, it's it's the same handful of players who are turning in week in, week out. We need half a dozen players to come back just to start resting legs. That's what we need. Mm, yeah, I mean, you say that Newcastle Man City is a formality. I, I, I predicted last night on my show that Newcastle would get a win. Uh, Supermax gone for a draw. Gibbo's gone for a uh, Gibbo's gone for a defeat, and I've gone for a win. But it's it, it, it's in the lap of the gods. Uh, the, the one thing Newcastle have had this week is uh, a chance to train uh, mm-hmm. together. And, and that's something that Eddie Howe has, has made no bones about it. Training sessions have been of a, of a premium over the last you know, six to eight weeks because of the fixture list. They just haven't been able to do it. Plus, with the added injury list that they've had, um, it's just been so difficult for them to get regular training sessions together. So this week, they've had a good week on the training pitch. Um, very unlikely that we're going to see... You know anybody come back? Uh, the big blow, I think, for Newcastle tomorrow will be, and we'll hear more from Eddie Howe after half past nine this morning. But the Joe Linton's injury is probably expected to be a little bit more severe than anybody thought. Um, so that's a huge blow for us in midfield. But we're lucky in the sense that midfield we've got we've got options. So um, 
I, I am going to go for, for Newcastle winning this weekend still. Uh, I know we'll look at it later on in the in the show, but I, I've just got a sneaky feeling we might be able to, to get something out of this game. But, um, yeah, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be tight. People people point to the fact Haaland's coming back and will be available to play it tomorrow. Yeah, Haaland's coming back, but he's, been, he's, he's, he's had a long layoff. Kevin mm-hmm. De Bruyne, great player. Undoubtedly one of my favourite players in the Premier League. But, again... Coming back from a long-term injury, and uh, sharpness you know, in it. Exactly, you know the names on paper. Yes, on the day that you know they're two of the best players in the Premier League and, and the world. But you know we might just be playing Manchester City at the right time this weekend, and with the crowd behind them, half past five kickoffs. I know a lot of people don't like them. My dad and my brother can't stand them. They don't go to those kind of... They, they just don't want to be out the house at those at that time of night for various reasons. And I know it puts a lot of people off going. I, I love mm-hmm. it. Half past five. Um, the atmosphere is better. Uh, people have been on the drink for five and a half hours, so they lose their inhibitions. They're more likely to get up and stand and sing. You know, the whole ground gets up and sings at a game like that. Um, be careful about standing up, though. Well, yes, I again. What an email that was, by the way. Uh, we'll come to that. We'll come to that list. Yes, I thought, another, I thought I might. It's another interesting topic, which Ry didn't add to his list. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, from my perspective, I think it's great. I love a half past five kickoff. It'll be a good night, and you know, I, I, it'll be an exciting game. Whatever happens, we don't have the pressure now of thinking, my God, if we get beat tonight, you know, that's going to push us back into the relegation zone. You know, we can enjoy games like this now for what they are. It's a good football. Match two good teams having a go at each other, and and you know Newcastle have got um you know Newcastle have got a ch- chance of getting something, and and I think we turned our season around with that result last week because you know no matter what you say it's a derby match it doesn't matter where Sunderland are you know Newcastle had to face Sunderland last week did it in their own backyard and we managed to you know we managed to get the result and hopefully that's the turning point the reboot for our season and we can get uh, we can get back to you know back to winning ways in the Premier League and you know set ourselves nicely up for the, the run into the season but um, yeah I'm looking forward to it exciting exciting game that for me this weekend and what about the Ipswich game I've... then yeah <laughs> it's kind of the opposite effect of what Steve's had with, with Newcastle I suppose I mean Newcastle going to that buoyed by a derby win and and it's it's amazing what that does and we've seen in the past you know back in the days when we used to win derbies um six of them in a row may i add but that's gone i know it's ancient history and all that sort of thing now but we went on runs after those derby wins where you know back in the days of allardyce it saved our season it it, you know it saved our premier league skin and it it sort of a it it binds the team, and I think I think you'll see that with, with Newcastle. I don't know whether they'll get the win or not. We'll, we'll come to the predictions at the end of the show, obviously. Um, but on the opposite end of that, with Sunderland, we go to a high-flying Ipswich side. All right, they've had a little wobble, a little wobble, a couple of injuries creeping in, but they're still up there, let's face it. The, the, the big surprise package of this season. They play very good football. Um, they are very attacking minded uh, we know all about Nathan Broadhead who was on loan uh, to Sunderland from Everton um season or two back now um, we know all about the threat they've got the the kind of sucker punched us a little bit the first game of the season and the 1-2-1 at the stadium alight and to be honest it's a story of our season if we'd taken our chances it would have been a completely different story um, but we didn't and we find ourselves in that sort of sixth or seventh position floating around there on account of us not putting chances away that needs to be addressed and you if you're going to go to portman road you're probably going to get less chances 
we've seen against Newcastle as well in particular. I know that was a Premier League side, but we've had way less possession in the last couple of games than what we're normally used to under the stewardship of Mowbray. So when we've got that possession, we've got to make it count. We've got to, we've got to take risks with the shooting. You know, as much as the, the jury is still very much out with Michael Bale, I think he's, he is correct in one thing, in that we need to be less fussy with our chances and we need to you know, shoot on sight. We've seen Pritchard score a great one against Preston, clip the top of the bar against Newcastle as well from a similar sort of distance. He's the sort of player we need to you know, create that little bit of space from and let's take some chances, Let, let's, let's shoot on sight. You know, in, instead of trying to walk it in like like a, a wish.com Arsenal. Um, other websites are available, obviously. Um, it's going to be a very, very tricky game. I think if, if Sunderland come away with this with, with a respectable draw, I think there won't be any arguments from any of the fans on that one. But what we do need to see is a performance because as much as that was a derby last week, I don't think we saw enough of a derby spirit from the team. Mm. I mentioned about you know Luke O'Nine's statement that he put out about oh you know we we understand what it means well I I don't think you did on the basis of the performance Luke um, it it just it was weak so we need to see a lot more spirit I think we need to see more physicality in there we're not going to see any new signings um, in in certainly not by tomorrow because they've only got on midday today I think to register so there's nothing imminent in terms of coming in so we've got to make the most of what we've got. Um, I, I, there's no fresh injury concerns. There's, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll cover it off in the in the club headlines in a little bit. There is some disappointing news um, about the left back position, um, so th- that may be something that has to be addressed in the transfer market as well. So again, we've got key players missing, albeit not as many as what Newcastle and Middlesbrough have, um, but they are key players nonetheless, um, and, and it's going to be a tricky one. So yeah, we're going to go down there, give a, a spirited performance for the away fans who who. Follow absolutely vociferously. There's a beautiful word for a Friday for you. Oh, that's a uh, big tirelessly. No, no, thank you very much. That's what she said. Um, oh, I'm going to get wrong for that as well, aren't you I? Are. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Apologies. She said in a normal accent. If you've just choked on your fried egg this morning, uh, apologies for that. I will deal with him uh, immediately. The show uh, finishes. Hello, Dave. <laughs> um, yeah. Where, where was I going with that? <laughs> <laughs> You've thrown him. You've absolutely <laughs> thrown uh, me now. Fantastic. Uh, we've had a... Yeah, you by you, the you way, want vociferous? Oh, vociferous, yes. Yes, yes. A spirited... Yeah, a big, big display is needed for those away fans because, you know, that's going to save a little bit more grumbling um, and yep, we need to get points on the board and stay up with that pack. We've had a WhatsApp, fellas, but I'll tell you what we'll do. Before we get on to the WhatsApp, we'll... Um, We'll do the club headlines. I mean, you mentioned it. You plugged it. Are we ready to go? Yes. Well, why not? Here we are. Magpies and Proud. Mag's News. Newcastle's FA Cup fourth round tie at Fulham is one of six rescheduled for live TV coverage and will be 7 o'clock kickoff on a Saturday night, uh, January the 27th. The tie is going to be shown on ITV4. It's bad news for the travelling fans. Last train out of King's Cross, unfortunately, is nine o'clock, so that's an overnight stay or a bus trip or a flight. Uh, there are no scheduled engineering works on the rail route uh, that weekend. There's your one bit of good news anyway. 
Uh, Newcastle United has filed its financial results for the 22-23 financial year and it showed a 39% increase in revenues. The improved financial performance reflects progress both on and off the pitch since the acquisition of the club by PIF in October 2021. A loss after tax of 73.4 million was reported by Newcastle for the 12 months ending the 30th of June 2023 in line with the club's prior year's financial performance. This was driven mostly by the continued investment in the playing squad. The club increased its revenues to 250.3 million from 180 million the previous year as matchday commercial and media rights revenues all increased. The financial performance was supported by the club's successful season on the pitch with the club reaching its first major cup final in 24 years and achieving fourth place in the Premier League to secure qualification for the UEFA Champions League. The figures don't include the recent sponsorship deal with Adidas or Seller. And Newcastle returned to Premier League action this Saturday with a 5.30 kickoff live on TNT Sports. Uh, they take on Manchester City, who've won everything in and around the UK and around the world. So a nice easy game for us this weekend. Uh, Saturday will be the 40th Premier, uh, 40th Premier League meeting between the two sides. Newcastle have won eight. Uh, they've drawn nine and lost the other 30 to date. Early team news, Callum Wilson remains sidelined with a thigh injury that forced Joe Linton off during the FA Cup with the Mackhams. It's predicted to keep him out. And Harvey Barnes, Joe Willock, Jay Murphy, Elliot Anderson, Nick Pope, Matt Target remain out and Sandro Tonali is ineligible. That's your Newcastle United headlines on Friday morning. Mackhams and Proud. Black Cats News. Good morning and happy Friday, Sunderland fans. Sunderland have been rocked by the news that Dennis Serkin is facing a battle to play any significant part in the club's playoff push. Serkin has struggled with a troublesome hamstring so far this season and despite returning to training last month, he continued to report discomfort. Sunderland sent Serkin for scans and determined that he required surgery, ruling him out of action for around three months. That means the left-back could potentially feature in the final weeks of the season, but is a big blow to Michael Beale's defensive depth, with Niall Huggins already ruled out for the rest of the campaign. Michael Beale strongly hinted that Sunderland are looking to keep Alex Pritchard beyond the end of the January window, and has even suggested that the attack on midfielder's form could earn a new deal at the club. Pritchard almost left the club in the summer after the club made clear they would not stand in the way as he entered the final year of his contract with an extension at that stage highly unlikely. The 30-year-old has nevertheless proven to be a vital player over the course of the season so far and has been one of the standout performers since Beale's arrival. In yesterday's pre-Ipswich presser, Beale alluded to Pritchard's importance to the team in the next 20 games and admitted contract talk was being discussed in the background. And finally, Michael Beale also lifted the lid on some of the transfer speculation, especially regarding that well-publicised need for a goal scorer. The head coach said, we are looking, we're being linked with every number nine that's breathing at the moment, but we're looking for the right number nine to come and fit in. It has to fit in our budget, the player has to come in and be really motivated to help us all as well. So as soon as there's any transfer activity in the North East Big Three, you can catch all the info here on the Cat, the Red and the Tune for your respective clubs. That's your Friday headlines. Smoggies and Proud, Borough News. Oh yeah, he's not here, but I can do good morning, Middlesbrough fans, or something like that, that Ryan normally does. Um, as Michael Carrick plots the downfall of the team that everyone loves to hate, Millwall, uh, Borough's new boys Luke Ayling and Finazaz have been allocated their squad numbers. 32-year-old defender Ayling will pull on the number 12, whereas former 
Villa attacking mid Azaz will wear number 20. Meanwhile, Carrick's been talking ailing. The Borough boss says he's delighted to have signed him, saying he's proven at Premier League level, has great experience, says he's got great character and is a fantastic person that will be a big boost for the squad and the team. And finally, the details of the funeral of former Borough Chief Exec Keith Lamb have been released by the club. For those wishing to pay their respects, the funeral will take place on Monday the 29th of January at 2.30pm at Stockton Crematorium. Again, everyone at these stations, the Red Radio in particular, send their condolences to Keith's family and friends. And those are your Borough Headlines. And that's how you do short borough headlines. There you go. It well, is, yeah. That's what that, that, it's that's not a, difficult. That's what happens when Crocodile Dundee sends you a message saying, sorry guys, <laughs> forgot to do it. Uh, and, and you wake up at quarter past six in the morning late for work. There you go. That's what happens. Do, do you know, I was slightly disappointed though, because obviously, you know, a, a man of your esteem, Sky Sports, oh, all, all, all those go. wonderful channels what? over the year. And what? I'm expecting this, this beautiful professional display and then you go and riot up a bit by giving it the good morning yeah. like Robin I Williams mean, good morning exa- exactly <laughs> <laughs> what did what did you make of what did you make of uh, Newcastle United's accounts then? Um the statement I'll, Hang on, before we go you... there, before we go there, we've got a couple of messages in, boys. Oh yeah. We've got a couple of messages first. Let's do them. Um there's a couple actually come in on that WhatsApp group that we don't talk about. Um mm. so guess who they are from? Yeah, indeed. Geez, these headlines are long, was the first comment. <laughs> 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 uh, I got you on the phone while I carry the boxes and uh, chest full of money uh, from getting you a promotion. So he's obviously talking to you. Do you know what we should call him? Should we? Should we ring him? Should we? Go on. <laughs> See if we can interrupt his box carrying. But uh, before we do that, there's um, there's a strange message winged its way from a plus six one number uh, into into the studio. Plus 6-1? Plus 6-1. Well, that might give you a clue who it is if you know your international dialing codes. Uh, First time texter... Funnily enough, I've got got a life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was a sad sod. Uh, First time texter, long time listener. Uh, I love the show. That rye bloke is a big miss. You can tell Ted isn't as funny without him, and Steve seems sad. Anyway... I hear the Borough will win this weekend, 3-1, and Finazaz will be man of the match. Uh, also, lock the Borough in for a certain win. Bet your house on it if you've got a new one. Love from Dundee. Good eye. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and and then there was an ad- add-on text. Sorry, WhatsApp. Also, glad there was uh, a sensible move to remove what the fact. And that dog's out one yesterday. Shocking. It's football brekkie show, not an Ant and Deck special. Uh, um, we should oh, ring. Oh, oh. We should ring him, shouldn't we? Can, can, why? Why? Why is he, why is he interrupting had. the show? And he's not even on the show. He's yeah. listening. I know. He's listening. If he's if he's got time to interrupt, he's got time to present. Should yeah, we? he should be doing some work. Should we, guys? What I know. Exactly. Should, we, should we call yeah, him? Yeah, go on, ring him up. Ring him up. Yeah, yeah. That's what that's, that's what go. the narcissist wants. Here we go. <laughs> Narcissist. Yeah. You're pandering to his. You're pandering to his <coughs> needs. Yeah. Good afternoon. This is uh, Rye. Good eye. Good eye, mate. How are you? Yeah. Good eye. 
Yeah, g'day lads. How are you? I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller. Just wanted to say that I, uh, I love the banter, that Rye's a big miss. Uh, love to see him on the show a bit more. Um, sometimes you lads talk over him and I think that's disrespectful. Cause I think that's you, can that Ted bloke, you can tell that Ted bloke doesn't, you know, he's not very funny without him. I think they need that, that banter between them because uh, by himself, my God, it's like... Watching paint dry, trying to see his jokes. Uh, Steve, I understand you're sad as well uh, that your club can't spend any money in this transfer window. Um, (laughs) That's all I'm going to say on that because I'm not sad. Uh, And Dave, um, I I don't know what to say, mate, except that you're the head of the show and I'm proud uh, that you put this this bunch together and that... um, you know, I'm sure that Rye, you know, appreciates you out of the most and that, um, you know, he loves you. And, Why is you know, this yeah, less of a... This is a less yeah. of a convincing Australian yeah. accent than mine. <laughs> why, why have we got somebody from Melbourne on the phone? <laughs> it's, the, it's the new house, lads. I've got a new tone to me. It's, it's the new echo in the house, I tell you. Uh, how have is you it, moved mate? to a nicer neighbourhood? Yeah, how's it going? Have you woken them up yet? Yeah, it's very good. It's mate, it's thirty four degrees here today, absolutely sweltering, and I am. Uh, we got the keys at about uh, one pm, and I've just not stopped ever since. And is it a category uh, C prison, Ray, or, <laughs> or is it an open prison? Uh, <laughs> category B, north facing, which is lovely as well. I thought so. Uh, just, yeah. And do you, do you, so a, you don't have to slop out for the convict? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. But I've got a, I've got a memorial here for Ned Kelly. Ned, how are you, mate? I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna meet the neighbours mm. just to make sure that you know they're full on board that they know who I am and oh god, uh, so yeah. we're worried about that. Are you worried? talking you've done? You could. I was just wondering whether you're worried about the autograph hunters coming. You know, now now you're so famous. Well, that's a big, that's a big, that's a big issue. I've got paparazzi parked out front of the house yeah. wanting to wanting to comment. Uh, you know, why aren't you on the show? Why is Ted not funny? You know, why Steve's so sad sort of thing. So I'm just trying to hide away from them uh, at the moment. Um, I can see one climbing this tree. Mate, get down from there. Thanks. Sorry about that. And then, yeah, so, yeah, look, it's uh, it's tough. It's tough at the moment being a celebrity, uh, especially, you know, when you've got a face on radio like we do. The, so, the look, amount of uh, talking but, you've already done, you could have written some borough headlines. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you wouldn't have had time to present them because we haven't got all day. <laughs> I put down a box right here, mate, right in front of me. I'm sitting down on it, waiting for you, you to get back and be funny uh, as I listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> so we might as well we might as well put him in for predictions in between his box shifting. So uh, Newcastle, yeah. Man City scoreline, mate. Oh, look, that's going to be tough because Newcastle are going to be up for that, aren't they? But Man City's going to win that one. I'm sorry, Stevie boy. Uh, I reckon it's going to be a tough one though. Three two. I'm going for that. Uh, Ipswich Sunderland Going for a 1-0 victory to Ipswich Yeah, 1-0 victory to Ipswich on that one I honestly think I think the Mackhams will be uh, Will be trying to recover from the the Derby defeat And put up on a good show And I don't think Ipswich will be up As much as for it Or or ready for it Uh, But it's it's an unconvincing 1-0 win for Ipswich for me and of course, we already know it's going to be Borough seven uh, down at Millwall. Yeah, Borough eight nil. Eight Borough, nil. Eight, Borough eight nil. Yeah, eight nil. Finazaz is going to score five on debut. Luke Ailey's going to chip in from right back with two, uh, and then I'm going to fly over and head the last one in because. Congratulations, mate! You said debut. You didn't say debut like most Australians. <laughs> debut. <laughs> Look, we've disturbed you Have enough. A fantastic show.
Yeah. Fantastic show. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm a big listener. I'm a big fan. Uh, and I can't wait to... <laughs> You're to, a big summing, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Build those biceps, mate. Build those biceps. Lift the boxes. <laughs> Thank you, lads. All Thank the, you, lads. Hope it goes See well, you, mate. Right. Have a good weekend, See mate. You, mate. You too, lads. You Cheers. too. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, we had to do it. We just had to do it, fellas. We didn't we? It's, uh, what was that bizarre Australian accent? Yeah, Sounds yeah, nothing I mean, like no him. Idea. Is that his telephone voice? That's his telephone voice. So, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And the good thing is, because we've did... called him now, he's lost the stream. So for the next 20 seconds, he can't hear what ah, we're saying about him. Oh, Method in your madness. Yeah, yeah. The big absolutely galar. talentless. Big galar. Honestly, we're better off without him. Just get rid of him. <laughs> Just get rid of him, honestly. Just... Can't do that to my mate. Get Bam. Get Bam. Get Bam. <laughs> yeah, Bam's a Facebook friend of ours now. And on Bam that note, funny. and on that note, it's time for some uh, from some sports news. Then we'll be back with Steve's topics. I promise. Together across the northeast. The Timbercat and the Red. I'm genuinely concerned. I'm really concerned. I need Rye back immediately. Rye, if you're listening, mate, drop the boxes <laughs> and get back on because. You know, we we have don't, these. Don't lift the lid on we it. Have, we have these off-air conversations on on the uh, on the technical arrangements in front of us while you're listening to sports bulletins and things, and we don't talk about them, of course. But cookery, come yeah, on, fellas. That looked a really lovely sausage casserole you cooked yesterday. I mean, what the hell's going on, boys? New year, new hey, me, lads. Men. I said I would learn. Yeah, we are modern men. Moving forward, exactly. lads. <laughs> Moving forward. I'm, I'm impressed with Steve. I mean, I've, I've, I've been cooking a lot of years now. I make, I make curries. I make a, a half-decent Indian curry, actually, including, like, all from scratch, all the base sauce and everything like that. So I well love done, that man. But oh, it's, it's one of the things I've got into. It's a bit of therapy after work, but there's something like... work that Steve bad? Do you, do you need it's therapy? A, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> Depends who's listening. Um, <laughs> probably HR, so let's move on. <laughs> yeah, let's talk football. Uh, that will get us into trouble. Let's yes. get that. So Newcastle United, lads. No, I'm impressed with Steve getting into it anyway. Thanks. Good yes. man, Fucking. good man. Newcastle United, richest club in the world, lads. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, accounts come out yesterday. They've got no money to spend. Basically was the message that went circulating around social media. Um, is this a clever ruse by Newcastle United uh, in a transfer window where they're trying to do deals? Um, are they... Are they are they putting this out now? Is it is it well timed because Calvin Phillips and Manchester City uh, deal doesn't seem to be going through because Newcastle aren't aren't willing to pay a seven million pound loan fee and, and wages and a split of the wages? Is is it is it a bit of gamesmanship off the pitch by Newcastle? Or I, I know they're not going to I know they're not going to fudge their accounts that the, these accounts are genuine. But you know is is it. Is this just the time? It's the timing of it. It's a transfer window. Are they trying to to, to, to lay something out so that the you know people don't come at them? Uh, it's it's interesting. I I thought. Um, obviously these accounts, as I mentioned in my headlines, don't include the new sponsorship deals with Seller and Adidas. Two two of the biggest deals that Newcastle have signed in you know in in this ownership's time at the club. Um, so that comes into that comes into factor next year. Plus you know the the. the the, the gate receipts etc from the you know the Champions League campaign this year will go into next year's as well so there'll be a dramatic increase but back to back years 40% increase on revenue uh, but Newcastle still miles away from the likes of Chelsea you know Manchester United uh, Tottenham Arsenal Liverpool um, in terms of commercial revenue so it's uh, you know my my feeling is that it's to to try and it is trying to gain an advantage i think I, I, you know the way, the timing of it the, the the announcement it you know they could have done this you know could have done this 
during the break they've chose to do it before the Man City game I think I think there was a, a method in his madness why Darren Eels came out and said what he had to say what what was what was your thoughts when you saw it uh, Ted did you did you think the same or were you thinking that well, you, you know you didn't give it much thought what was what what's your what's your views now that I've explained it to you I mean, obviously, I mean, I've got probably a slightly more interest in what's going on at Newcastle since starting to do the show with, with you, lads. Yeah. Obviously, you know, you've got to keep abreast of these things. Um, now you're besties, to, of course. Share cookery well, tips. Absolutely. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you need to flambe the foie gras. Uh, yeah, anyway, uh, that's more your line, isn't it? Anyway. Um, Careful. Uh, for me, <laughs> don't bite the hand that feeds, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> you always do. <laughs> I know. I can't resist it. Anyway, um, when I saw the news, uh, for me, it strikes me as Newcastle are actually playing within the rules. Now, whether they are using that to a sort of psychological advantage, like what you mentioned, Steve, um, where it's almost like the richest club in the world pleading poverty to a to a certain degree, uh, but. If you if you actually do stay within the rules of financial fair play, that's almost what it's like. Um, I mean, how the likes of Chelsea and them get get like some of these these bigger amounts to spend, I'm still not sure how they're doing it. I really well, it's don't. It's based I, on I, your revenue and your turnover, isn't it? You know, the the, yeah, the, the more you yeah, the more you make, the more you can spend. Basically, financial fair play, and, and aren't Newcastle Newcastle are very close to falling foul of this because a club's. Uh, it's a, it's a rolling three-year judgment financial fair play. Clubs are not allowed to effectively lose any more than 105 million quid over th- over three year, a three-year rolling period. And and what's what was the latest number, Steve? Is Newcastle about 150 million they've lost over the last two years? So yeah, I mean, some, they've got to they've got to do some million, maths yeah. next year to make sure that if that number falls below 105 million, or they've done an Everton. Mm, yeah, I mean it's so confusing, but yeah, the, 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 it's a, it's a loss. And I mean, he did go on to say that, you know, he, he was talking hypothetically about selling a player for fifty million and and how that would work. So you know, selling selling a player, and if he made fifty million pound profit on him, you know, that helps the amortisation. And 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 from his mm-hmm. perspective, as you know, as a CEO, he has to look at potentially might have to potentially look at doing of that because that's how it helps financial fair play. So that that's where basically all the doom mongers were coming out and saying, you know, putting two and two together and getting five you know PSG of course and, and uh, you know being linked with a move for Bruno despite the fact Bruno's come out not once but twice now in the last week and more or less you know said I'm happy here I'm not going anywhere um, you know it's it, it you know that line from Darren Eels completely undermined everything that Bruno said this week because people automatically just go oh well that means Bruno's leaving um, and you know Newcastle richest club in the world huh, they're going to have to sell the best players to keep to, to keep a bridge of financial fair play well, not necessarily um, Necessarily, is it? Because what was what no, was their increase? What was their turnover increase in the last set of accounts you mentioned? It was up from hundred and something to two hundred and something. What is yeah, it? Was it a 40 percent yeah. increase in revenue? Well, if they can continue growth at that sort of rate, that's going to add more to the top line. So that that effectively will reduce as long as they can they can turn a profit. That's going to reduce losses. Um, so yeah, they may have to do some selling. But it might not it might not have to be one of the the top dogs, as you say. The Adidas seller numbers are not included this time round. You know that they'll be in the next the next set of accounts. Actually, the Adidas ones might be in the the set after that. When when does that deal start? 
Um, it, it it starts this season, I think, but it's towards the back end. It's it's that's why it's not involved in this account, and neither's the seller deal, you know. So they this is last year's account. You're yeah. always like a year behind, aren't you? So they'll they'll come into play next year as well as the Champions League, you know, gate receipts. What what they've made from the Champions League, which is a vast amount of money, plus your Premier League profit. So Newcastle will make a profit again next year. Um, you know, a, mm-hmm. a, a, an increase in commercial revenue will will be there for absolutely. All to see. And um, Champions so League money, will, Champions League money will also kick in at that point uh, into the account. So there's another boost for revenue. So yeah, they're 45 million short. They're on target to be 45 million short of financial fair player at the moment. Now, if you got a think, lot of players to get rid of, mate. Got so, a lot of players to get rid of. Yeah, there's yeah, a lot of dead and, wood that needs clearing out. And there, if you right? think seller. Adidas deals going to kick in. The revenues for that are going to kick in, and there will be upfront lump sum payments paid for those deals. And Champions League money is going to come your way, and more Premier League money is going to come your way. You know, if if you look at it like that, that forty five million that needs to be saved from the bottom line in terms of financial fair play, it's not many players, and it's not high profile players that have to be sold. So maybe there is a maybe the club strategically are playing on this quite smartly to say <clears throat> we can't throw silly money around at players at the moment uh, so maybe they are using it to their advantage a little yeah I would agree I would agree it's um, look it's it, it's something that most of us don't understand it's it's something that hampers Newcastle clearly because of the the, the lack of investment uh, you know over the, over the Ashley period so it's it, it's always going to cause concern I think but um, I, I do think Newcastle are being clever as well you know they are trying to get this deal done with Calvin Phillips and you know if that does go pear shape mm-hmm. after you know after being focused on bringing him in and they have to look elsewhere then I, I guess Newcastle's announcement will you know maybe it you know maybe if there's a club that wants to get a player off their books for their for their reasons then you know they see Newcastle's headline is you know we can't you know we, we can't pay this that and the other then you know so, some of these clubs will will probably say well look we still need to get him off our books for now let's let's just do the deal with Newcastle it, it could just be a bit of it, it could be a bit of gamesmanship which which you know fair play to them for doing that if that's the case um but yeah look Good so point, far man. So good, good pun, fair play to them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so far so good, lads. So far so good as think, far as. Do you think there's a link finance. though, lads? Do you think there's a link though with with um, obviously we've talked about players and it's sometimes hard to recruit players into the northeast purely because of geographical location. People prefer to be either in the northwest, where you know, with Manchester and Liverpool, or the preferred destination, which is always London, of course. Do you think it's a similar situation with commercial investment in the fact that? It's maybe just not seen as trendy enough to kind of invest in a northeast club. Obviously, Adidas, you take them aside. Adidas know the score with it. We've had Adidas kits in the past. They know that that fan base of each club in the northeast is absolutely going to go hell for leather. Borough had them as well, Dave, yeah. in recent times. Yeah. Adidas are not stupid. They know they're going to sell out the kits like absolutely no problem whatsoever. So they're a bit more savvy to it. They understand that a little bit more, but. In terms of inward investment into the northeast, do you think that's that's like a bit of a trick to overcome, Steve? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, th- I mean it's so hard to negotiate. You know, financial fair play. Uh, I mean, as you, I think we've already mentioned Everton. Look how look how they've fell foul of it and could potentially fall foul of it again. I think we'll find out next week whether Everton and Forest have got another you know another potential issue. Um, but it's. I, I, it's just so it's difficult for supporters to understand, and it doesn't. It doesn't really matter how many people 
you know, explain to you. I mean, I've listened to Kieran Maguire quite a lot. He's like a, you know, a, what I would call an FFP expert. Ben Jacobs, another one who covers, you know, football up and down the country and across the globe, um, you know, tries to explain it to you. But, you know, th- there always seems to be, you know, some uh, something else added to it or something else taken away. And you think, well, hold on a minute. Well, what, what about this? What about that? And like every like every system, there's a loophole, um, you know, and certain clubs, certain clubs, I guess, over the years have managed to exploit that. They may, you know, they may get found out, may get, you know, may get points deductions or, or worse moving forward as, you know, as, as teams, you know, as teams are investigated maybe by the Premier League. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's, it, it, it's not great for Newcastle at the moment because it, it just means we can't go and do what we want to do. You know, we, we, we've spent quite heavily on on, on players since PIF came in. I still expect a big summer. I think I, I think as well, a lot of the... I think a lot of the delays in bringing in other kinds of sponsorship, lads, like, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, why haven't we got a training ground sponsor? Why haven't we got a, a stadium naming deal? Why haven't we got this? A lot of it will depend on... You know that when your tax year ends, and and you know there'll be there'll be different caveats for for you know bringing a sponsorship in at a particular time, moving it into the next financial year. So there's you know there's there's lots of reasons for doing lots of things, but it's you know it's they'll all so be coming. Diff- so diff- yeah, there will be. It's, You've got to this so day and age. You've got to look at every possible revenue source. <sighs> Because yeah. what you can't afford to do is lose more than 105 million quid over a three-year period. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's financial fair play. It'd yeah, be nice I for the so. fans as well for the stadium to return to being the, the Sports Direct Arena as well. <laughs> <laughs> You're not getting a bite. Yeah. I'm not getting me classic out again. Well, don't get a bite. That's the one thing I can maybe just get you to uh, snap on a little bit. But yeah. I, thought you were, I thought you were besties, you guys. Um, look, there, there is another potential bite coming in from Barry on WhatsApp. He said, Steve... Read the story this morning that Arsenal are going to go for Isaac to help with our money worries. You got any comments on that? Yeah, it's rubbish, Barry. And I mean, Barry, Barry's you know he's often messages the show with with logic, and it's just another, it's just another load of rubbish, isn't it? It's just tittle tattle. It's clickbait. It's it's just not worth even entertaining that story. Isaac's going nowhere. He's um you know he's he's a cracking player, great centre forward, and um, will be at Newcastle, I would imagine, for for a considerable amount of time. If Newcastle are going to sell players, it you know it it's more likely to be the players that Newcastle have managed to turn around, or Eddie Howe and his coaching staff have managed to. Turn Turn from from flops into Premier League players, you know. I mean, you know, you, you just need to look at the likes of Almiron and uh, and Joe Linton, who you know Newcastle spent you know decent money on, but you know, they're worth more now than they were two or three years ago before Eddie Howe got his hands on them. Uh, Joe Linton was purchased for forty million. I think most teams would probably pay 75, 80 million pound for him. You know, we, we brought ASM in and we managed to sell him at a profit. Um, you know, across to Saudi. So I'm, I'm not concerned at all. I'm not concerned at all. I think though Newcastle certainly have their eye on Calvin Phillips this transfer window. I think they definitely want him in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if that if that doesn't go through, they're going to have to look elsewhere. It's the question is how prepared are they? How how prepared are they? What, what who is who is second on the list? Who is third on the list? Is the Saudi loan deal thing going to re you know resurface? Um, are there is there a player or two out there that potentially could come to Newcastle? We talked about Henderson this week, which you know I think has gone down like a lead balloon with virtually <laughs> every everybody everybody connected with. I think um, Tyne and where you hate that one. <laughs> yeah, no, nobody likes that idea. But you know, is there is there a Another player out there, yeah. Potentially, is the players on the co- uh, on the continent. Um, it's 
it's the one thing Dan Ashworth, you know, will have already looked at, and I'm sure that Newcastle will have other options should that one not go through. Um, will we see anything? Uh, you know, will we see anything prior to the, um, you know, prior to the game against Man City? I don't think so. But I think anything after Man City, it's it's it, it potential. You know, I think I think Phillips wants to come. I think that's the big. I think that's the big thing. Phillips would like to come to Newcastle. He would suit it. And he sees he sees it as an opportunity to put you know to to, to you know to, to get back into playing regularly and yeah I, I think it's I think it, I think it fits everybody at, at, you know till the end of the season but it's um, yeah it, it'll be interesting to see how it how it all pans out but yeah those financial figures I I think is a bit of gamesmanship there as far as Newcastle are concerned looking looking beyond this transfer window though Steve and and obviously you know that 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 maybe that need to bring in extra money. You're playing reasonably well without Tonali. Did Newcastle consider cutting their costs and selling them? It's interesting because a lot of people say, "Do you think? Do you think Tonali's going to stay?" And you know, do you think Newcastle just want get want to get rid? Of course, they want to keep him. Um, you know, they, they signed him for a reason. You know, they signed him for his football. They signed him because he got to the Champions League semi-finals with AC Milan. He's one of it. He's one of Italy's, you know, best players. You know, he's 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 somebody who, you know, Newcastle want to build a team around. So yeah, I think Tonali stays. I I think, um, you know, I think obviously he'd be he'll be fully fit and he'll be fully drilled in Newcastle's ways. I think he came in like all players coming in from a foreign country. He struggled a little bit with the pace of the Premier League. He struggled a little bit with maybe with the language. Um, you know, it's a new area that he's moving to. Um, you know, he's, he's only ever known Italy. So for him to for him to suddenly come in and, you know, hit the ground running, it, it doesn't always happen. Um now he'll have had a year out of the game and that's a big that's a big blow to, to any footballer yeah. to have a year out. Usually it's through injury, but to have it through you know, to have it through some kind of um you, you know, misdemeanor. misdemeanor. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Um, it's um, it, it it's it, you know it's given him a bit of food for thought. He's had time to think, but he'll be he'll be up to speed with Eddie Howe's training methods, and that's the one that's the one advantage he's been given um, that that Ivan Tony didn't. That he's been able to train with a team. Hopefully, he spent a bit of time you know learning the lingo. Uh, I don't mean Geordie, yes. I mean English, um, <laughs> which means that he's got which is two got, different you know, things. Two different spill things. that on your bits, man. <laughs> But that would be that would be great. That 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 really will be great if he's got that you know that that you know that all under his belt when he comes back in August yeah. because it, it means that you know the only the only downside is he's not going to get a pre-season. He'll get pre-season training. He won't get any pre-season games, um, and he misses the first couple of Premier League games. But you know he comes back into it probably around about Carlin Cup time, the uh, Carabao Cup time. Yeah. He'll be back in time for you know the Carabao Cup. Uh, you know, and that that maybe will probably where we see him for the first time. But I'm, I I don't think they'll get rid of him. I think they'll keep him, and I think he's a he's a valuable asset. And I think that you know he owes us one. Next season, yeah. Tonali owes us one. Um, yeah, the way the, the way Eddie and the club stood by him, he just certainly does that. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. I've heard some people say, "Oh, well, I hope he's given us, you know, he's given some of his wages back, etc." I doubt he'll be doing that. You know what's what I mean? happened? Think, what's happened with Compo? Have you heard any more about you know the club going after? Nah, they're finished now, aren't they? <laughs> nah, yeah, but, uh, yeah. I, as soon as you said combo, my, my mind was going to last of the summer. And Clegg, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but Batty. There's no compensation. They're not going to get any. They're not going to get any compensation. I just, I just think they're going to let it all. I think they're going to let it all run out. I mean, maybe behind the scenes. I think 
I, I think with Newcastle, they do things in certain ways, and you know, I, they'll have probably been told that legally, you know, it's, it's so hard to prove. Um, you know, the AC Milan certainly, you know, are, are going to stick with their line that they didn't know. Newcastle didn't know. Um, you know, it's quite, it's quite. You know, possible and highly likely that the player has managed to keep this a secret until until it was exposed. So, you know, I, I don't think there's any chance of uh, of, of any compensation. I, I've got to be honest. Um, it's it's sad, but you know, it's just a lesson to learn, and you've just got to you know, you, you maybe it's just an additional thing you add to the, you know your your, your 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 questions when 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 you eventually get round the table with the player. You know, um, you know, it'll be certainly something I would imagine that'll be added to a contract moving forward. Um, you know, should it be found that you've got anything which you haven't you know divulged you know prior to signing this contract, then we will be able to do this, this, and this. You know what I mean? I think that would be something that would be easily added to a contract now you know if if anything comes if anything comes out which you haven't divulged at your initial interview before signing your contract then um you know you will be you know you'll be liable to either repay this or there'll be compensation here but it's yeah it's it's one of them things we just but gotta, there must be there must be gross misconduct uh, conduct clauses already in his his current contract i i don't know probably any... is bringing the club there into isn't disrepute just about every employment contract isn't mm. it? bringing the club into disrepute etc yeah but, I, but you know i would very much doubt if there was anything in a contract to say that you know once we sign you if you don't play and it's your own fault then i i just it'll be you know it there'll be some there'll be some wriggle room one that there, there might be something in to do with that but I, I you just wouldn't expect it you would you're signing a footballer who wants to play a football and, and and win things you know for your football club and come and play at a football club you're not expecting them to be you know, not playing then for a year, are you? It's um, no, no. I, well, I certainly wouldn't have expected that. Like anyway, I mean, it's you know, I've I've dealt with football contracts before, but I I've never seen anything like that in a in a contract at all, Dave. Mm. I, I've got a laugh as well. I, I, always, lads I always have. I always have Sky Sports on, lads, in the background, just in case there's any breaking transfer news. And uh, they've just done Mogger. Uh, they're obviously talking about press conferences uh, where managers do strange things. Eating um, chocolate. Just had, we've Go just on. had back to back. We've just had back to back. We've just had Mogger on eating his jelly babies at the press conference at Sunderland. And then we just had Steve Bruce on going, "How's the bacon? Did you oh, see?" Oh, magnificent! Magnificent! <laughs> I've just been Sky actually at home. I've just uh, just kicked them out. Uh, I showed. I, I gave them a big red card and, uh, and oh. switched suppliers, but uh, we still do get the Sky. This is bizarre, isn't it? I've kicked Sky out because of the increasing cost, and I've gone to a rival, yeah. and I still get the same Sky channels for almost a third of the price. Mad. How bizarre is it's that? Mad, How yeah. bizarre it's a strange, is that? Strange, strange marketplace. That like I used to work in. I believe it or not, in a, in a, the selling of those services. And yeah, it's just mental. What they can actually sell for and the profit they make is absolutely scandalous. Uh, lads, we've got a couple of minutes coming up towards the news. Um, obviously, we're talking about Tonali there. I'm just switching very, very briefly to another midfielder, Eric Dyer, signing for Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich. Um, I'm, I'm New shopping centre in, in Bavaria. <laughs> I was thinking muesli. Uh, <laughs> God, I'm hungry on this diet, man. Um, yeah, I mean, Steve, Don't I want his agent. that. I've had a terrible week. Have you? I've had a belt of me. I've put weight on. Have you? Well, we've had a couple of celebrations in oh, the Roberts household. Oh, that's households. a fine, that. That's I know, fine. I know, I know. Uh, don't worry, the Wayne's Monday, mate. I'll sort it out. I'm taking a leg off this afternoon. <laughs> like a joint of ham. <laughs> 
Oh, well, I was going to mention about Eric Dyer, but now we've filled it with that. Uh, what are you doing? Actually, you lose the weight. I know, Steve, you're, you're already handsome and slim and can all we, that sort of thing. Can we give some background for, for those bulky. listeners who might have yeah. just joined us? We we decided after our complete excesses, with, with the exclusion of Steve Wraith, of course, uh, our <laughs> complete guess. excesses over Christmas and New Year, we had to have a North East Footy Fat Club. So we're deciding to weigh in every Monday. We've given ourselves 10 weeks. Uh, three out of the four of us, excluding Steve Wraith, because he's as fit as a lop. Uh, he does look like the proverbial butcher's dog, you know. He's got that ripped <laughs> sort of physique. I wouldn't say ripped. But All right, then. Well, I there you go. don't need to lose weight, lads. Uh, you don't need to lo- He doesn't need to lose weight. There you go. Uh, but the, as for the other three. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so we've got the Fat Club going. So we weigh in every Monday morning. So that's just a bit of background. Yes. Sorry, Ted. Yeah. No, 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 it's absolutely because I'm, I'm giving this like intermittent fasting thing a go where yeah. I basically I give myself an eight hour window to eat. So between 2 p.m. and 10 p.m., that's my window to eat. And then basically nothing else. So I can have black coffee with a sweetener, I can have water in between that time, but that's it. Sounds like and torture. But I'm not, well, mate, honestly, to be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm not changing massively what I eat. But the times I'm eating, and I've lost like another two kilograms this week. Wow. It's absolutely incredible. So, yeah, I, I, I would certainly, yeah, I'm just, give another All I'm doing is cutting out snacking in between meals and uh, and stop, stop basically stop eating processed garbage. So it's, yeah. it's eating healthily when you eat and it's not snacking between meals. And I, I, I threw, I, I think I was down 3.1 kilos since we started. But like I said, the last couple of days, we've had a couple of celebrations in the Roberts household. Yep. And, and I looked at food <laughs> and I went, mine. Um, so yeah. I've got a couple of days of uh, sorting myself out ahead of Monday or it'll be embarrassing. <laughs> and on that note, let's have the news. Well, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> oh, there you go, fellas. That was a blast from the past. Was. The Beatles kind of beat them. Aye. Absolutely love that. Love yeah. that. Yeah. I was looking at them, I was just yeah. flicking through thinking, what song could we play after the news? And, um, yeah. I just thought I'd pull that one out. There you go. Actually, the Beatles, you know, Beatles, were, uh, Beatles were number one the day I was born. Were they really? It was yeah. Born EM for me. A brown Girl in the Ring? No, no, no. It was, uh, Rivers it was of Babylon? Apt, it was quite apt for my birth. It was Mary's Boy Child. Oh, Mary's Boy. You were Christmas, baby. <laughs> Yeah, I was 11th of December, mate. Ooh. There you go. That's why I, I like, you know those Skinflint relatives? Hi, if you're listening. Um, you only get one present. Who, get in. Yeah, that's it. your birthday and your Christmas together, mine. It's like, oh, thank you, Auntie Val, for those licorice all sorts. Yeah. Yeah, that, that I hate, by the way. Well, my daughter was the seventh. Five boxes of them. My daughter was oh, the 7th never. of December. So what we used to do is we would not put Christmas decorations up until she'd celebrated her birthday. And then basically yeah, on the eighth, it was Christmas. Treat. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Without I you, like by that. Harry Nielsen, was number one when I was born in February sixth. And what a song! Nineteen seventy-two. What a song! Mm. Imagine like all these kids who were born late and much much later after us, I guess. But like the chances of being born when Mister Blobby's number one—I mean, that yeah. must be absolutely <laughs> disheartening. That. <laughs> It's six minutes this, past eight. You know shall we have it some? Shall, shall we do the? Shall we do the headlines? Before we do the headlines, I'm absolutely, I'm, 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 I'm knocked over sideways here. We haven't got Harry Nielsen in the library, and it's what? a cracking song. I'm gonna have to go and fire some people, put the library together. Because have you got you... Alan Nielsen, the ex-first fullback? <laughs> yeah. Have you got Dennis Nielsen, the serial killer? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. Dear me. oh yeah, I'm off the doctor. Hook. 
<laughs> you see what I did there? Serial killer, breakfast show. Oh, all right. I see what you did. I see what you He used did. to murder a bowl of sugar puffs every morning. Oh, oh, we'll raise a toast to that. Hey. <laughs> it's porridge for Steve. He's going to do some time. Here we go. Oh. Woman Stanley I'm proud. Black Cat's News. Good morning and happy Friday, you Sunderland fans. Sunderland have been rocked by the news that Dennis Sirkin is facing a battle to play any significant part in the club's playoff push. Sirkin has struggled with a troublesome hamstring so far this season, and despite returning to training last month, he continued to report discomfort. Sunderland sent Sirkin for scans and determined that he required surgery, ruling him out of action for around three months. That means the left back could potentially feature in the final weeks of the season, but is a big blow to Michael Beale's defensive depth with Niall Huggins already ruled out for the rest of the campaign. Michael Beale has strongly hinted that Sunderland are looking to keep Alex Pritchard beyond the end of the January window, and has even suggested that the attack and midfielder's form could earn him a new deal at the club. Pritchard almost left the club in the summer after the club made clear they would not stand in the way as he ended the final year of his contract, with an extension at that stage highly unlikely. The 30-year-old has nevertheless proven to be a vital player over the course of the season so far and has been one of the standout performers since Bale's arrival. In yesterday's pre-Ipswich presser, Bale alluded to Pritchard's importance to the team in the next 20 games and admitted contract talk was being discussed in the background. And finally, Michael Bale also lifted the lid on some of the transfer speculation, especially regarding that well-publicised need for a goal scorer. The head coach said, we are looking. We're being linked with every number nine that's breathing at the moment, but we're looking for the right number nine to come and fit in. It has to be in our budget, and the player has to come in and be really motivated to help us as well. As soon as there's any transfer activity on the North East Big Three, you can catch it all here on the Cat, the Red, and the Tune for your respective clubs. Have a great weekend. Magpies and Proud, Mags News. Good morning, Newcastle fans. Our FA Cup fourth round tie at Fulham is one of six rescheduled for live TV coverage and will be a seven o'clock kickoff on Saturday, January the 27th, and it'll be shown on ITV4. Uh, there's no scheduled engineering works on the rail route from Newcastle to London Kings Cross that weekend, but the last northbound train leaves at nine o'clock, meaning uh, an overnight stay in London for you or uh, potentially a bus or car back. Newcastle's financial results for the 2022-2023 financial year have been released and they showed a 39% increase in revenues. The improved financial performance reflects progress both on and off the pitch since the acquisition of the club by the PIF-led ownership group in 2021. They have recorded a loss of £73.4 million for the 12 months ending the 30th of June of 2023 in line with the club's prior year financial performance. This was driven mostly by the continued investment in the playing squad. The club increased its revenues to 250 million from 180 million the previous year as matchday commercial and media rights revenues all increased. The financial performance was supported by the club's successful season on the pitch with the club reaching its first major cup final in 24 years and achieving fourth place finish in the Premier League to secure qualification for the European Champions League. And Newcastle return to Premier League action tomorrow with a 5.30 kick-off live on TNT Sports. They play Manchester City. It's the 40th Premier League meeting between the two sides. Newcastle have won eight. They've drawn nine and lost 30. 
Team news, while well, Callum Wilson is still on the sidelines, and it doesn't look good for Joe Linton, who was forced off during the FA Cup win at Sunderland. Uh, that is predicted to keep him out of the game tomorrow. Barnes, Willock, Murphy, Anderson, Pope and Target also remain out, and of course, Tenali is ineligible. As for Man City, John Stones remains unavailable, but it is expected that Erling Haaland will be back in the squad for tomorrow's game. That's your Newcastle United headlines on Friday morning. Smoggies and proud. Borough News. Morning, Borough fans. As Michael Carrick plots the downfall of that team, everybody loves to hate Millwall. Uh, Borough's new boys, Luke Ayling and Finazaz, have been allocated their squad numbers. 32-year-old defender Ayling will pull on the number 12 jersey whereas former Villa attacking mid Azaz will wear number 20. Meanwhile, Carrick's been talking ailing. The Borough boss says he's delighted to have signed him, saying he's proven at Premier League level, has great experience, says he's got great character and is a fantastic person. That will be a big boost to the squad and to the team. And finally, details of the funeral of former Borough Chief Exec Keith Lamb have been released by the club. For those wishing to pay their respects, the funeral will take place on Monday the 29th of January at 2.30pm at Stockton Crematorium. Once again, everyone here at the three radio stations, the Red Radio in particular, send their condolences to Keith's family and friends. Right across the Where are we going some now, boys? Some funky jingles there, mate. Some oh, funky jingles kicking some, in. We got some. Funky. We got some funky stuff, mate. We, you know, we I'll are. Tell you live. what, I thought. I thought I'd move to Kiss FM there. <laughs> hey, I went to Kiss FM. I went to Kiss FM in New York. Oh, the proper one. Yeah, and Z100, which was the real confusing wow. one because they're not actually in New York, even though they serve New York. They're in New Jersey. But see. there you go. Anyway, enough underacting. Steve, yes. please, I rudely interrupted. Again, but it's okay. You're just filling in where Rye would normally be. <laughs> well, you've got to have an interrupting <laughs> Borough fan, haven't you? I'm sure. I'm waiting for I'm, We're like nervous. We're in nervous disposition waiting oh. for Rye to suddenly make a, a reappearance again. Well, I, I thought it was him, but it isn't. We've got two We've got two WhatsApps coming in. Oh, well, read the, read the WhatsApps and then we'll go to Bellingham. Okay. We'll get uh, more of them when Rye's off, I'm just saying. Daniil. Good morning, gents. I ah, saw the, real, a real I, person. I saw the figures for NUFC yesterday. Grim reading, but looking ahead, uh, the picture should be a bit rosier, especially as regards commercial revenue. As regards FFP rules, I feel they are confusing and contradictory. And I'm sure every Newcastle fan will agree. Well said, uh, that man. The next yeah. one's coming in from Jack. Uh, I think Jack's our, our Borough fan in Leicester. Morning, lads. Happy Friday. Up the Borough. Uh, you can really tell Ted is missing Rye this morning. <laughs> With every bullet. <laughs> like a hole in the head. <laughs> exactly. Ah, he is a miss, I suppose, in a certain point of view. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Hmm. Anyway, anyway, th- hmm. thank you for getting in touch. As always, Dave, what's the number? Because I'm going to have to write that down. Oh, mate, how long have you been doing it now? I know you're the, the newcomer, but you've been doing it long enough. Oh, three, three, do, do, you, do you know your own phone number? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't you? Uh, do you? Yeah. No, I know your address. I'm not going to give it out on air. I think I'm not daft. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
and the pin number <laughs> yes and your bank account details yeah of course i know them there yeah uh I'll, don't no, do the accent go. i'm not gonna go there no uh the uh, the whatsapp number for the studio this morning good afternoon <laughs> <Stop> <laughs> 0330-043-2002 0330-043-2002 by the way i did receive one of those yesterday somebody who uh um, who yeah somebody who's craving my gracious attention because they've got 18.5 million us dollars and they want to put it in my bank account wow wow i'm special do you reckon this i'm obviously do you special somebody, do you reckon there's somebody sat there somewhere in a room full of what cash going i just can't get <laughs> that's not me that is stop not... it stop it <laughs> I've got an app on Honestly, my phone it's Face Jacker and that's that guy do you I remember Face Jacker I absolutely love that show love that show one of the best shows that's ever been created uh, did you ever watch what? it Dave no I haven't seen it mate oh, yeah Face Jacker brilliant and Face Jacker is, is okay. prime Brilliant British comedy, all prank calls, and uh, it's actually interesting how he got started as well. He did a prank call on the BBC, pretending to be Kevin Spacey to try and get a job uh, talking about theatre. <laughs> well, well, we'll get you educated on Face Jacker and Phone Jacker, Dave. We'll, oh, we'll have to do brilliant. that. Yeah, I look forward. To it. Oh, by the way, I've got to say uh, a, a good morning, a very good morning uh, to everybody at the Martin West Community Council. Uh, well, oh, they I know invited, Martin very well. They invited me there last Lovely night lad. to uh, to do a chat about the the Red the Cat tune. So um, yeah, just oh, just, just getting just getting. That oh, was good. It was good. Turned into politics though. You, you had a fear it was going to be that. Yeah, yeah, did turn into <laughs> politics. So you know me, didn't hold back, gave my views. Probably upset everybody oh, that was God. there, but there you go. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, let's, Radio, uh, radio's answer to Jeremy Clarkson. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm going to buy a farm. So, getting back to the football thing, I know uh, we, we, have, we did want to talk about Job a little bit. Now, yes. th- this has happened in the past uh, with, with numerous players, whether it's been dads, whether it's been brothers. Uh, it, in Chelsea's case, there's even brother and sister kind of rivalry and being judged against each other as well. But Rai asked the question, is Job struggling with the success of his older brother Jude? Uh, obviously, form recently. He's, he has been looking tired. I've said this on a few shows now, um, especially at the Derby as well. I was very surprised he actually started in the Derby because he's mm. just looked a little bit worn out. 18-year-old played nearly every single game this season as well. So it's been noticeable. Fans are even saying maybe it's time for him to have a rest. And is it harder for a player when siblings are more successful or even the dads? The most obvious one, I think, that probably springs to mind for, for all of us is Jordi at uh, Manchester United. Because, I mean, that that must be one of the most daunting names you've ever got to live up to in football. And do you think you're always going to be judged against it, Steve? Do you think that, that because of the name that's going to hang around you? Well, I mean, the question Rise asked is, do you think, um, you know, he's, 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 you know, he's living in the shadow of his brother? My answer uh, about Jude would be... Na 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 na. Oh, <laughs> I've been dying to do that. Hey. Oh, how long? How long did you have that prepared? Is this why you've been trying to push this point through? Because you, you've literally yeah. tried to do it three times. Oh my god! I'm thinking you've been professional. <laughs> um, I thought Hidden Hackney played really well. The, I think I think it is difficult for people who live in the shadow of either a brother or a father. It's it's difficult. Um, I I mean, look, recent years we've seen 
Rob Lee's two sons both became professional mm-hmm. footballers. Um, both have gone on to do very well at lower level, um, so they haven't struggled with it. But then I think you've got probably Sean Wright Phillips, um, Ian, you know, Ian and Ian Wright. I mean, how do you compare yeah. to an Arsenal legend? He's done okay. He managed to hit the top and level. Bradley Wright Phillips as well. And remember Bradley Wright, Bradley Wright Phillips. Who couldn't as live well. up to his brother? Who couldn't live up to his dad? Shola and Sammy. Shola and Sammy. Sammy didn't yeah. quite hit the heights, did he? Um, as his brother did, becoming the Mackham Slayer. So there's been there's been quite a few. There's there's been brothers who've both ended up not making it as far as they would have hoped over the years as well. Um, you know, at, at Newcastle. But yeah, I mean, it, it's got to be difficult. And I think I think Bellingham does struggle um you know who wouldn't i mean you know his brother is is one of the best best players in the world at this moment in time that you know the world's in yeah. his feet i think i've said uh, when we've talked england on the show that i personally feel that bellingham is is the future for england and you know is probably one of the most influential players that i've seen wearing england shirt since gaza um, you know he's got to do it in yep. the big tournaments, but he's you know potentially with him in the side, England could go on and and potentially win something. He could be the person that gets Southgate the crown and glory before he retires uh, from the job. So yeah, I I, I he is going to struggle. Um, he is in the spotlight, um, but he is at Sunderland in the Championship. Who you know he's got somewhere where he can he can hone his talents if he's good enough yeah. he'll make it it's as simple as that um you know i don't think he sits there every day and 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 thinks you know i've got to, i've got to be as good as my brother I, I hope i'm you know i hope i can do this I, I don't think he does that i think you know he's his own person and i think um you know tiredness is going to come into a championship season it's such a long season absolutely it's, uh, yeah it's a marathon, not a sprint, and it's 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 a, you know it's going to take its toll on on a young person. So so yeah, I I, I, I my answer is no. I don't think I don't think it's the pressure of having a brother who's as successful as he has. Um, I just think it's you know it, it's it, it's just the fact that he's he's playing in the championship in its side, which he's le- he's still learning. He's still very young. He's still learning his trade, isn't he? Ted, when did the dip uh, in uh, performance come? Because. Was it the fact that Jude came and uh, to a couple of games uh, when he wasn't playing and, and was yeah, watching him? Is that, you mentioned has that. that put a bit of pressure on his shoulders? It's funny you mention that because obviously, I mean, great for the club, great for the profile of the club that you know Jude sat there in the stands for a couple of games. He's he's got that obviously the the winter break in Spain where he can come over, visit his little bro, the family together. Apparently, a lovely family. They keep the lads really, really grounded. Um, and you can tell that in the way they speak in the interviews as well. They are genuinely really nice lads, uh, very, very professional for such a young age as well. But yeah, I mean, great for the Sunderland fans. Job's there, uh, sorry, Jude's there with his Sunderland scarf on in the stand, making the jokes. Ah, he's coming to sign for us, he's leaving Real Madrid, ha ha ha. But then you kind of got to go, yeah, it's pressure. And, and you've got, at this moment in time, one of the world's best players coming to see his little brother, and that is pressure. Because everybody's kind of be going, well, go on then, do something. You know, kind of poking them with a stick. Um, even even the name change, obviously, he doesn't even wear the Bellingham name on the back of his shirt. That's him consciously making the effort to, to make his own name in football. And that's, that's admirable. But obviously it tells me that there is that pressure in the back of his mind that it's there. That, mm. that he is going to be compared with Jude on a, on a regular basis. Now, I mean, that... that, that 
I don't think we live in a very like sort of a fluffy world now where you know oh well you can't put pressure on him and he's a teenager yeah well you know there was there was six year olds used to go down mines not that long ago so you know relax I think you'll be all right he's a footballer but at the same time I don't think the club have helped um, I think they've they've almost overplayed Job if going back a good few years now we had a, a fantastic striker um, funnily enough he was a Geordie lad Michael Bridges mm. absolutely wonderful talent um, and, and a, a career that was dogged by injury sadly because it, for me as a youngster when you first take a look at Michael Bridges he's going to go on to great things he's going to play for England we had him on, he, he, he had him on had Ian Murder's black white and red all over a few weeks ago yeah, lovely yeah. lad, yeah. Um, very, very good talent. And Peter Reid managed Michael Bridges brilliantly. Mm. It was never overplayed. He was either used as a substitute or he, he, he was blooding him into the team the way that you should do with, with a talent like that. Job is a very, very talented boy. He can go on to be a, a fantastic player. Whether he hits the, the, the heights of Jude, it doesn't matter. You know, he's, he's, he's going to be, for me, he's going to be a Premier League player. He's only 18 at this moment in time. And there's a lot of pressure from fans where, you know, I think I think they think we've signed Jude <laughs> the way the corner times and they're expecting these like sort of long busting runs of being able to take everyone on. The club are overplaying him at this point yeah. and I think he needs a break. Whether it's, you know, I'm not a big fan of Christian Speakman at the club. I'm, I'm you know... A lot of people say, well, he's done great business with, with the likes of Jack Clark and all that sort of thing. No, no, no. The, the chief scout has. The chief scout's done the job there. Speakman's job is to get it over the line and get them to sign on a piece of paper. He's not, do, he's not doing the hard miles in this, let me tell you for a fact. Now, the, the, obviously, Christian Speakman's got this link to the Bellingham family, and I just wonder whether there is an insistence and almost a pressure on whoever the head coach is to pick Bellingham for every game almost from a commercial aspect of like putting him in the shop window. We've, we've, I've covered on the club headlines a few times now where Arsenal have been linked with him, Liverpool's been linked with him, even Real Madrid is apparently keeping a half an eye on him, maybe on the on the CSO of Jude of kind of, you know, look after my brother's progress and all that kind of thing. Speakman wants to be linked to another like sort of Birmingham to Borussia Dortmund style move and be like, and almost be the hero of the day of like, oh, we brought them in for, you know, Tuppence Hapney. Oh, God, I'm using Dave expressions now. <laughs> um, <laughs> we brought them in for three million, but we've sold them for, I don't know, 30 million, whatever. And I just feel like it's almost like an exercise in in, in commercialisation and, and almost pushing the Bellingham brand and, and Speakman's own brand rather yeah. than what's good for the kid at this moment in time and giving him a rest because he can be a very good footballer or... He's going to burn out. He's going to he's going to be caught in position like he has been because of the fatigue and things like that. And the fans will turn on him, and it's not fair on the kid because it's it's not actually his fault. Mm. So why I, I think it's why I think Eddie Howe did the right thing dropping Lewis Miley last week for the derby. Yeah, I think he protected him. I think he protected him from what was what was going to come. I think, and you know, obviously we lost Joe Linton to injury, so you know, probably sped up the, the the time that he came onto the pitch. But he came on and he he, he you know he, he played really well. Obviously, didn't react to the O nine challenge, and, and 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 all in all, Miley just did what he does. Best, so I, I yeah I, I agree with you. I think it's a lot of a lot of it can be down to that. A lot of it's down to management. Got to remember as well, at Sunderland though, you've just had a change of manager, 
So, you know, you know, Mowbray played him in one way, um, you know, Beale's gonna play him in another. Um it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how he adapts to, to, to the new management style. Um that that's gonna play its part with, with Job as well. Um but yeah, look he's he's he, you know, he, he looks like a he looks like a player. I think, you know, give him time, give him give him a run of games, which is what any player needs to you know, to you know, to, to, to get settled and, and, and to show what they can do. I think I think he'd be okay. Um, you know. Yeah. Very it's very rare you get um, you know, one brother who can't kick a ball and, and another one who can when when they're both made at this professional footballers. I think I think he'll do all right. You know, I think he'll That's do. Okay. Phil and Gary. <laughs> you've mentioned you've mentioned yeah, true. You mentioned Job. You've mentioned Miley. Um, I mean, we've got one ongoing at the moment with Hayden Hackney. Um, yeah. Because now we're hearing um, where before it was speculation. Now we're hearing actually, Liverpool, Tottenham. Arsenal mm-hmm. are all now, you know, seriously interested in him. So, I mean, what do you do with these youngsters to keep their feet on the ground? I, I don't mm-hmm. think we'll have a problem with Hackney because of his character. His character will be all he wants to do, and it's brilliant to see. All he wants to do is roll up his sleeves, go on a football pitch, and start kicking people um, as fairly as possible. Um, so, I don't think he'll yeah. be impacted by this. But this is this is the problem you've got with youngsters, you know, whether it's Job and the pressure from his brother. And what's happening and the status of his brother in world football, or, or whether it's Miley, you know, and he, the fact he's just getting into breaking into this 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 Premier League team and and holding his own, or whether it's Hackney in the Borough's case. I mean, what do you do to keep the feet on the floor? I don't think I don't think the players the problem, Dave. Um, I th- and, and excuse this because I know you've done some some agent work in the past, uh, and I'm sure you're a very honourable and very good at it. But a lot of the time, it's not down to the individual; it's down to the agent. So I, I believe you know. Let's use Hayden Hackney as an example, a player I really really like, uh, and I, I think he's a fantastic talent. And I think Michael Carrick is managing him admirably. I think he's doing everything right. I think Hackney looks committed. He he, he seems like a, a really good professional, loves the club. But if Michael Carrick decides to go, right, Hayden, you, you've had a run of six games. I don't want you getting burnt out, mate. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick you on the bench for a couple. Don't worry, you're gonna come back in with a rotation and that and that kind of thing. And probably Hackney will take that. But when it comes down to agents, they look at that and go, nope, need him in the in the limelight all the time. Let's get him a big move. Let's burn him out and I'll find another Hayden Hackney once he is. Mm. That's the way it, it comes across to me. Mm. Yeah, I mean, what you should do is just say, look at what happened. Yeah, the grass isn't always greener. You know, there's there's a whole host of players who moved, yeah. you, know, to, you know, to better their career, if you like, and, and ended up sitting on the bench and not getting a game and their, their career spiraled. So, you know, I guess, you know, it, it, it don't get your... It, it, it's... it's don't get your head turned is what you would say, but it's yeah. uh, it, it, it is hard. To say, someone it? someone comes waving the checkbook, I guess, Dave. That's where you're yeah. going. Somebody I'm whispering saying. in your ear, ah, it's going to be Premier League football next season. Ah, we're going to quadruple your salary. Ah, oh, we're going to do this. Then yeah. for a youngster, it, it would be very difficult. But I just get the feeling, I mean, in Hackney's case, I get the feeling he has got the ideal mentor who's actually managing him at the moment. Because he'll look at Carrick and go... He is where I want to be, or he was where yeah. I want to be. Um, so I think in Burroughs' case, um, Hackney should be all right, but it's not the case so right across the board. Anyway, look, it's, it's 8.30, fellas. Not, not a fortune, but Burroughs will have made some money out of, the, um, out of the cup run. You don't make a lot, but that'll oh, be God. welcome as well. You see what the winners mean? get in the, in the Carabao? A hundred grand. A hundred grand, yeah. A million pound for, for the cup it. run Newcastle got last year. Just for the games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sport Steve's, headlines. 
Steve's loose change. All right, then, here we go. A uh, bit, of, bit of sports headlines, and we'll be right back. Together across the northeast. The Timbercat and the Red. That guy reading the sports news, he keeps saying burrow, and I'm thinking, he's talking footy. But no, he's not. <laughs> I, I thought he was kind of doing rise rap about it's down with the borrow, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he even misrepresents his own team. Fantastic. So, shall we preview some games? Then? I, th- I guess we should start. Better. With it is a Friday. Be respectful. It is a Friday. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Newcastle United uh, take on Manchester City. Uh, it's a five thirty kickoff. It is live on TNT Sports. Uh, we've had a couple of home defeats. Um, well, we've had one home defeat against Notts Forest. Um, but obviously, from our perspective, we don't want to make it two. Um, this Nottingham the Forest. Time that Mr. This Clough, will be the first. Mr. Clough will be turning in his young grave. Young man, young man, young man, um, young man. <laughs> this is the, this is the first time that you, uh, Eddie Howe will have faced two defeats if, if we lose at the weekend. So that's uh, something we want to avoid. Uh, the last time Newcastle lost twice in a row on home soil uh, was three-two. Uh, uh, we lost to Spurs and then three-nil Chelsea. Uh, Steve Bruce was the manager of the Spurs game, and Graham Jones was the manager of the Chelsea game. Interesting fact there for you. Uh, Newcastle have beaten Manchester City on Tyneside already this season, of course, in the Carabao Cup. Um, but we are winless in the Premier League in the last nine home and away meetings since the two-one home win in January two thousand and nineteen. Before that. Uh, success, which was achieved through Salomon Rondon strike, Matt Ritchie's spot kick. The Magpies have made 22 unsuccessful attempts at defeating Manchester City in the top flight. So this is our 48th Premier League meeting, which is what I mentioned in our headlines uh, between the two sides. We've won eight, we've drawn nine, and we've lost 30 to date. Uh, Eddie Howe's press conference will start in about an hour's time. Callum Wilson is still sidelined. Will possibly be available for the Fulham game so fingers crossed for that uh, we play Fulham in the FA Cup fourth round and then play Aston Villa on the Tuesday night so certainly be ready for one of those games but the thigh injury that forced Joe Linton off during the FA Cup win is predicted to keep him out which is a bit of a blow for Newcastle in the midfield area Harvey Barnes Joe Willock Jacob Murphy Elliot Anderson Nick Pope and Matt Target are all still out and San- Sandro Tonali is ineligible of course uh, just a little uh, update on the yellow card situation as well the Premier League suspension thresholds have now altered to a two match ban for any player who collects 10 bookings in the first 32 Premier League games so uh, the ones to watch out for are Anthony Gordon and Bruno Gomares but they're both on seven yellows at the minute so a little bit of leeway uh, as far as the yellow cards are concerned as for Man City well John Stones remains unavailable for selection Erlen Haaland is penciled in to make his return from injury tomorrow night this will be the third meeting of the two sides this season of course uh, both haven't won one a date Man City recorded a 1-0 win at the Etihad in August, although it was a lot more one-sided than the scoreline predict. And Newcastle triumphed, of course, by one goal to nil in the Carabao Cup at St James's Park. So, all square this season so far. Uh, Pep Guardiola said how they warmed up for this game. They beat Huddersfield Town 5-0 in the FA Cup third round. Kevin De Bruyne made his return after a five-month absence uh, through injury and uh, looked uh, looked as if he was, uh, you know, starting to find his feet. But uh, this Premier League's a, a relentless division. Um, I, I'm not sure whether he'll start tomorrow. I think he'll be on the bench. And, uh, yeah, it's a game I'm looking forward to. Like I mentioned earlier on, Newcastle should 
fans should look forward to this game. Uh, we're not in relegation uh, territory anymore. Uh, you know, we're, we're hoping that we can put a run together in the in the second half of the season, and 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 ultimately for us, um, you know, this this really is a, a game to sit back and enjoy. You're going to be able to see world class players on on uh, you know on the stage. The team that's won everything. Um, it's it's it, you know it's a game. It's a game for the kids to remember. Certainly, this this team has won the Champions League, the Premier League. They've won the FA Cup, the Carabao Cup, the World Cup. Um, you know, the, you know, they've, they've done everything. So, you know, to, to go along and watch a team like this at St James's Park is a pleasure. It's uh, it's worth the money. Uh, it's worth the entrance money alone. Hopefully, we'll give a good account of ourselves. I think what will play its part this weekend is the fact that we've. Um, We've managed to get a week's training in, which, you know, people will say, well, do you not train every week? Like, well, we haven't been able to uh, due to the personnel available, due to the fact that Newcastle's fixture list has been so congested due to involvement in the Champions League and an extended run again in the Carabao Cup. So it, it has been difficult, but this has been a, a week of Newcastle being able to, you know, implement the training, implement their ideas, implement their set pieces, implement everything that you should be able to implement into your football team. So I personally feel that Newcastle will give a good account of themselves this weekend. Man City certainly won't be coming here and expect Newcastle to lie down. It's at St James's Park. It's a 5.30 kickoff. The crowd will be up for it. I'm expecting Newcastle to get something and I've predicted a win and I'm going to predict a win again. I think Newcastle will win this 2-1. I think it'll be a, it'll be one of those games where there's controversy, probably from VAR, um, which uh, is, is often the case uh, in the Premier League these days. VAR is often the talking point on this show on a Monday morning. Peter Banks is in charge of it. Chris Kavanagh, um, a referee that's overseen a, a few Newcastle defeats. Not very, you know, not the greatest of refs for me. I've got to be perfectly honest. But you know, he, you know, he's he's he looked after the one 0 home win over City in the Carabao Cup. But has has, has been referee for the Bournemouth, Spurs, and Forest defeats this season. Uh, so um, if you're superstitious and believe the refs to blame, then uh, maybe this isn't the one for for you. But yeah, I, I think Newcastle will win this game. Um, I think they'll win 2-1 and uh, they will kickstart that season in the Premier League again. Very bold. Mm. That, I mean, it's, it's it's the pick of the games for me, like Steve. It's, uh, yeah. it's the one that, you know, must, much to uh, Mrs Ted's chagrin, <laughs> she's going to have to tolerate me watching it because uh, I think it's entertainment value. Like you said, I mean, it's worth the entrance for your loan to see sides like this go head-to-head. Um, Harland... Normally, I, I, I take into account what you said earlier on about Haaland's just coming back from injury and maybe, you know, might be a little bit rusty. The thing for me is, mate, it's somebody, I, I, saw, I saw a daft little thing where yeah, he met some posh bloke uh, on his way into training and this posh guy described him as a Nordic meat shield. And um, <laughs> I, just, I just think it's one of the most beautifully poetic expressions to, to describe Haaland. Um, he is a unit. He is a physical specimen. I don't think this kid's going to come back rusty. Uh, I, I think he will give problems to the Newcastle defence. Um, yeah, he's, he's going to be the obvious danger man there. The thing is confidence, mate, and, and Newcastle will have taken a hell of a lot out of that derby win. Take out the account that we're a championship side and all that sort of thing who's been beaten. It's a derby win and all the, the like sort of the issues with that form that was up to that, it almost gets forgotten about. This is this is an opportunity to, to get the season back on track, I think, for Newcastle. Um Against very very tough opposition, but that's what you want to do. These are the oh, these are the games where you can bounce back. I don't think it'll be a win. 
if I'm if I'm honest with you, but I think well, I think we'll see a bit of a different Newcastle side to what we've seen prior to the derby uh, and, and in that that torrid festive period where the wheels well and truly came off. I think we'll see a bit more of a battle inside. Um, are, are we going to go for predictions now? We're going to keep them on dry well, ice two, until the I've end. gone two. I've gone two one mate. So let's do. All right, I'll I'll, I'll 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 spit mine out now. Then I'm going to go for a score draw. I'm going for a very entertaining one. I'm going to go for a Desmond two two. Okay. <laughs> hey, like it. I'm trying. I'm, to, I'm making that of Stephen. I'm, I'm trying to think of a, <laughs> an equivalent sort of analogy to my prediction, but I can't think of one. Um, I think it's just. I think City is just going to be too tough. I think Haaland's going to come back and uh, uh, and be Haaland. I I really can't see him having to slowly integrate himself back into Premier League's uh, forward lines. Um, I just think it's going to be one. They're going to City are going to accelerate at some point because I still firmly believe they are going to win the Premier League this season. I don't know if they're making a good fist of it, but City will accelerate at some point. And I think will be look. I think Pep will be looking at this game and thinking Newcastle are massively dangerous. You know, yeah. he'll probably be telling his players they're in a false position in the Premier League. They should be in a higher position. And I just think they're going to be wound up to high heaven coming to St James's. And I really think you've got you've got your work cut out. And I've got to go for a City two-one win. I'm sorry, Steve. Look it. No, no need to apologise. No need to apologise. <laughs> uh, can I, can I, just before we move on to the championship, though, can I just point out something? Um, I didn't didn't realise I'd had another Yoda moment. All right, oh. go on. Because we know of Rooney and Birmingham and that prediction before a ball was kicked the day he walked in. Yeah. Um, but I did also, and I've only just realised this, I did also make the prediction that Ipswich's bubble would burst and they would be caught by Southampton. Have you seen their recent run, Ipswich? And this this is it's a nice segue. That. Nice segue into the Sunderland game. Yeah, but they yeah. haven't won in five. handed over. The baton has been passed indeed there. Beautifully, David. Uh, uh, seamless uh, passing on there. Uh, yeah, I, I was actually worried about the game. <laughs> and then I've looked at Ipswich's form going, oh, this isn't a bad time. One... One defeat and then the rest four draws in the last five. Yeah, that they are did really. Did they lose really, that striker? Injuries. Did they, they lose did, that striker? They did. Now, now Rye mentioned this in the show, and I kind of went, oh, "Well, they've got lots of you know attacking mm. options up the top. There should be." It was George Hurst who, who they lost through injury, and I'm thinking ah, they've probably got enough there. They've, they've got the likes of Broadhead, who I mentioned earlier on. Uh, Samiento who's a, a decent uh, forward as well Wes Burns up the top who's also pretty useful and you're kind of thinking yeah this should be alright they've got Sonia Luco as well as to call upon Freddy Ladapo uh, you can kind of go on and on these guys to be honest they've probably got more forwards than they have anything else out of the whole league you know compared to, compared to everyone else in the division but you know, I actually thought, ah, nah, Rye's just been a little bit, uh, yeah. a, a little bit like sort of uh, panic mongering. But yeah, yeah. hey, he's he's prophesied and he's been absolutely right because they, they, they drew at home struggling. against they drew at home against Norwich. Obviously, uh, yeah. there's no shame in drawing at home against Leicester, which they did. But they also drew at home against QPR. They drew at yeah. Stoke City, and they were they were turned over by Leeds United four nil. That's their recent yeah. form. It's well. It's it's quite alarming for them because uh, what was it? I've just read there. They've, they've scored just one goal in their last four championship matches. Wow! So they've drawn three, lost one. Uh, that's December thirty first onwards. Only QPR have scored as few goals, and only three teams have accumulated lower expected goals total than them. Uh, they they've got two point four xg at this yeah. moment in time. It's um yeah. It's 
it's maybe the curse of the promoted side. Um, maybe it's a little bit of that creeping in. But yeah, I think it was. The, I think it was the on. pressure. I think it was the pressure, and, and, and I said this weeks ago. I think it was most of the season. Once they once they got over the honeymoon period, they were looking at, hey, we're close to Leicester here. Let's keep looking at Leicester. Close the gap. Close the gap. Yeah. And as soon as Leicester accelerated away from them, what I said was suddenly it's a change of mindset. It's now looking over their shoulders to think, what is that gap? How safe are we? What the hell are Southampton doing? And I, I, I thought that was a psychological switch uh, and yeah. a switch too far yeah. because they started looking negatively and concerningly at what was happening beneath them. And Southampton are within one, one result of them now. Yeah, we, mm. we could actually do Southampton a massive favour this weekend because um, let's have a look at the goal difference. Yeah, the level on goal difference, they got a, a plus 15 goal tally. So yeah, if we go down to Ipswich and actually and, and pull a result off, and Southampton continue their good form, then, yeah, what this is doing as well. I mean, we were talking, you know, a couple of weeks ago, there was only Steve actually poo-pooed this, uh, to, yeah. to use a lovely uh, posh expression. We thought that the top two had gone in the championship, and it was kind of like, yeah, it, we're all just jockeying for position for the, uh, for the playoff places. And it would have been a fair assumption at the time. What this is doing now is... You know, everybody kind of, well, Southampton and Leeds, certainly, you're looking at that second spot going, hey, it's game on. Mm -hmm. It is. It's absolutely game on for that. It's maybe a bit beyond us. You're talking about a 15-point gap between us and second. Um, I mean, it's not completely out of the question. but yeah, some, it's too you know, far, mate. We'd have, to look, too far. we'd have to look at some big capitulations there, like, absolutely. So, you know, it, it does open things up a little bit. The, the question for me, and I, I'd love to know, lads, I'll, I'll give you a little take on the game shortly, but... Do Ipswich, do you think this is a blip for Ipswich or do you think this is this is them on the demise and they're going to finish in the playoffs or even worse maybe? No, they're, they're too good for it to, to continue like this. It is a blip, but it's a massive blip and I think they'll they'll come back and get a few results. But I think this is the end of the consistent Ipswich we've seen so far this mm. season. I think there's many more games for them to lose. There's many more points for them to drop. And I think they'll end up at the end of the season. They'll 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 be looking at staying in the in the playoff spots. I think second place. I predicted a few weeks ago. Second place has gone for them because I just saw Southampton coming through like a steam train, and I just feared for Ipswich. And 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 this is exactly how um, I thought it was going to happen. They'll be they'll be in the playoff spots. They'll be in the fight for the playoff spots at the end of the season. Mm -hmm. so yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, another. Sorry, Steve. Another little prediction there, then, because obviously it looks like the bottom three clubs in the Premier League the, are the ones that went up last season, but it also looks in the Championship suspiciously like the ones who got relegated from the Premier League might be the ones to go back up. I don't think that's ever happened previously, has it? Mm, I'd have to check the record books, but it's um, yeah. I mean, two of them, two of them are certainly going to come up in the automatics. The playoffs, yeah. as we know, is a, you know, it, it's a lottery. It just depends who turns up on the day. Uh, but you know, I, 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 I don't think it's happened, Ted. I think you're right. I'm, yeah, it'd be, it'd be weird. and Leeds, obviously, you know, they're a little bit hit and miss. Leeds, um, you know, we, we we put in a decent performance against them. I didn't think there were anything particularly special. Uh, if you stop them playing their normal game, they, they don't seem to have a plan B. So, you know, they, they, they might be the weaker out of the three that came down. But looking at our game, um, 
Yeah, it, it, look, it's a tough game. You don't know which Ipswich is going to turn up. If we get the one that was turning up over Christmas that was full of turkey and pudding, then great. Um, I think we might get some joy out of this. Um, I, I do fancy us to turn it around. Um, as, as much as Ipswich have been the, the pace setters, that first game of the season is the one where I thought they didn't offer anything magnificently special. They just they just hit us on the counter. They hit us when they, they had the opportunity to took their chances. I keep talking about that. You've got to take your chances in this division. Um, but, yeah, I think we're seeing a slightly different Sunderland side now. Um, for all, we shipped three goals in the last game. I don't think we're going to get turned over massively. Um, you know, all right, defensively, we're, we're struggling a little bit with injuries. Unless he's come back in, he looks pretty assured. He got a bit of a tough time against Almiron, but you're talking about a step up to Premier League class. A, a game against Ipswich, I think he'd be able to handle that much more to his uh, to, to his standards, guess, I guess. Um, I, th- I think up front, I think Ruslin is probably going to get another opportunity to impress there. Um, I fancy him to, to, to get a goal, but they've got to get the service up to him. And we didn't get any service into him. I, I commented before that the service was so bad into Ruslin, it, it should have been working in a McDonald's drive through It was just absolutely <laughs> abysmal. Um, but, yeah, I... All in all, I do fancy Sunderland for the win on this one. Um, I, I think we'll, we'll get down there. I'm going to go a sneaky 2-1. Um, I, I, I kind of racked my brains and thought maybe a draw sneaking away with it and we'd take it. But no, no, I'm, I'm fancying it. I, I we'll have a bounce back. We'll see Bayal Madrid back in form. And I'm actually going to go for a 2-1 win. By the way, Sunderland fans, no word on whether Roberts um, was fit. I didn't see anything in the press conference that, that alluded to that. If I've missed that, then by all means, let us know on the show. But um, yeah, it looks like we'll continue without Paddy Roberts for the time being. OK, I think Sunderland are going to win this as well. I'm going to go for a 1-0 to Sunderland. I don't think Ipswich are um, you know, on an upward spiral. The results suggest that they're struggling to score goals as well. Um, I think Sunderland um, you know, have proven... You know that they can, you know they, you know they can win this game, and I think this will turn things on their head. I think Southampton will capitalise on it as well. Um, but yeah, I think Leicester and Southampton will will be the two teams that go up automatically, and I think Ipswich will falter, uh, but will be there or thereabouts for the playoffs. Got to agree with everything you've said. So yeah, Sunderland one 0 win for me, um, and uh, you know further progression for for Sunderland in you know in the fight to to get back to the Premier League. I have a large jug of cold water to pour on Ted. Um, <laughs> I just, I Kelsa just think, yeah. uh, I, I just think Ipswich, I, I fully expect them to get back to winning ways very, very soon. They've gone five without a victory now. Uh, it's four draws uh, and a loss. Um, I, I don't see Sunderland losing, but equally I don't see Ipswich losing. I think their run of draws is going to continue. I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw, which is not a bad return coming back mm. from Ipswich. Who's going to mm. score first, Dave? Sunderland. I'll, I'll, it'll become clear why I'm asking you. Okay. Sunderland. Sunderland. Sunderland are the only side yet to drop a single point from a winning position in the Championship this season. We've won mm. good, all 12 good, games where we've gone good ahead. Stats. Good stats. There are lies, there damned lies and statistics, mate. <laughs> <laughs> You hope. Yeah. 69% of statistics are made up. Kev's, Kev's just been in touch. Uh, Ted, Roberts is out yes. for a couple of weeks, mate. 
It's a couple of weeks, is it? Oh, yeah. that's a shame. That like, yeah, we we need him back in. And I was trying. I was, I was trying to get the re, you know, I was trying to get the rehab done, just just so I can get the boots back on. But uh, I've tried and failed. <laughs> so no one likes that. us. We don't care. Burrow away at the Millwall. Um, uh, you know what? This 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 is an interesting game. This because Middlesbrough will be feeling it a little bit um, after the, the their excursions against Aston Villa and against uh, uh, Chelsea. And it's it's going to be interesting to see how they cope with this, Dave, isn't it? That's my fear. Uh, and let's not forget, we've got a um, a League Cup semi-final second leg to play as well. Um, yes. Coming up as well. So, you know, will will players' eyes be on that, going down to Stamford Bridge with a 1-0 lead? No, they won't. Michael Carrick will, will have complete professionalism in his dressing room. The players will be firmly focused on Millwall. But... You, you've you've t- you've hit the nail on the head. You know this is what I fear: is what's left in the tank. Yeah. What is left? There are fourteen first team players out. It was amusing yesterday. My son was showing me some YouTube footage of um, of Chelsea fans who were doing watch-alongs, and there was one lad screaming when the Borough scored. This is Middlesbrough's D team. What the hell are we playing at? Well, we've got fourteen. It's not just fourteen players out. We've got 14 players out that regularly play in the first team. So that means an awful lot has been asked of, of, of the 11 that are regularly out there on the field with one or two changes. That's all Carrick's got. Um, we saw just a couple of games ago a bench which was full of 18-year-olds. Um, that's where we're at. And I just fear it's going to take its toll at some point. The effort that will have been put in against Villa and particularly the effort that was put in against Chelsea. Uh, yes, it was a bit of a rear guard action, but everybody were working their socks off and I've just got to ask how much is left in the tank for those players because they're all heroes absolute heroes can they do it one more time and then you say can they do it one more time and then you find out you know within 20 minutes you've lost two players and are now going to be on 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 the treatment table for for quite some time can we do it one more time and at some point it's got to go pop um so I fear that the other thing I fear as well is Millwall are on a massive run. They're the, th- they're the third informed team in the championship at the moment. They've fl- they've climbed out of out of relegation danger, and they're 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 leapfrogging everybody. They're doing a Coventry at the moment. Um, mm. They they they're unbeaten in five. They've won. Their, they're the only team in the championship that's won their last three. They are absolutely flying, and they come into this game. Their last defeat was against Leicester City. No shame in that. Since then, they've gone five without without defeat. Um, three, like I say, three successive wins, and their next six games will define their season. Their next six games are Borough, Bristol City, Hull City, Coventry, and Ipswich. You know that's five out of their next six yeah. games. They'll be looking at this and going, "If we're going to get three points, boys, this is the one." So you're going to, we're going to be up against a Millwall team that are in form, that uh, truly, uh, truly switched on to winning this game uh, at the New Den uh, tomorrow. And I just fear it's going to be a bit of a freight train that we're coming up against. Saying that, I would never back against my team because my heart will always rule my head. I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw and we're going to pull a point out of it. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Fantastic. What's your take, Steve? Yeah. I think I think Middlesbrough are going to uh, struggle. I think it's going to be after the Lord Mayor's show. I genuinely feel that um, you know the last uh, couple of games will catch up with them. I think they will be focused on the on the second leg of the semi, and I think this this could 
could see Middlesbrough falter at the Saying weekend. Saying that, we've got a Zaz and we've got Ailing coming in, so they'll both be available. So there are new, some new, fresh faces. New uh, faces in the dressing room. And but O'Brien's I, I don't on the bench. It's... O'Brien's back from, from his long-term injuries on the bench. So there are some new faces, but hey, those guys, they they must have drained the tank by now. I don't think it's going to be a. I don't think it's going to be a complete flop. I just think it's going to be a, a, a you know a, a point which doesn't really serve you you know well in your your hope to get into the playoffs. I'd take it now. And I'd take it. A Millwall, you know, Millwall are you know they're on thirty two. They're only four points behind you, but yeah. they. Yeah, I, I think a draw. I'm going to go. I'm going to go one one for that game, lads. Tedrick. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I think we've already said. I mean, they're such a physical team. Um, I think George Honeyman will have one eye on the fixture. It's, it's almost a derby for him. It's a derbyish for Honeyman, the ex-Sunderland lad. Um, I'm, I'm going to go one all as well. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think a one-all draw would suit this. Um, I, th- I think with a bit of fresh blood in, a new faces in the dressing room, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see us as getting the score sheet. I really rate this lad. I think you've got an excellent sign in there. Really galls me to see it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I, I think you might just see an as-as goal and a, and a one-all draw. Cracking. Cracking. Well, we're done and dusted for another week, boys. It's been we a good are. one, lads. It's been a good one. Oh, because you didn't have Rye this morning. Yeah, we've got him. He's, he's still invaded. He's still invaded. Good luck with the house move, Rye. <laughs> right. <laughs> see, you, see you Monday morning, fellas. Look well, forward to it. Have a good weekend, chaps. And a Take quick care. reminder. Thanks to all our listeners. A quick reminder. Daz and his nonsense not here this morning. He'll be back on Monday morning. So um, uh, some nice music across. Oh, he uh, gets a Friday off. <laughs> Enjoy your weekend, Daz. Enjoy your weekend. See you. Take care, See guys. You, See you, Ted. From Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink. The Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, and Ted. Right across the Northeast, the red, the tune, and the cat.